This is Radio Catskill. There are two warming shelters in Sullivan County, and both of them will be open every night of the winter season. The Monticello Warming Shelter is located at the Ted Strobel Recreation Center at 10 Jefferson Street, across from the Government Center. The Liberty Warming Shelter is located in the Liberty United Methodist Church, 170 North Main Street. Each shelter is open every night from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. This is Radio Catskill, keeping you connected. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Public Radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. Radio Catskill. Good morning. Welcome to Catskill Character. I'm Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today is Bethel, New York's own Jess Lewis. Jess, originally from Toronto, Canada, has a lot to say about boarding school and modeling, both of which have been big parts of her life. She's going to tell us about her family and her thoughts about living so close to the original site of the Woodstock Festival. In the second half of the show, Jess will talk about Sullivan County Mamas, the group she formed with two other powerful mamalas as a response to the dearth of community and, and information from mothers who moved up here during COVID. There's a lot to unpack, so let's get to it. Jess, welcome to Catskill Character. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. You got me here early because anybody here will tell you I am not an early morning person. Oh, so. yeah. I'm running on mom hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with talking about Canada. You know, I've only been to Montreal and Quebec City in Canada, but you grew up in Toronto. What was that like? I did. I grew up in downtown Toronto um, in the late 80s and the 90s. Uh, it was pretty great. I can't lie. Yeah, this was this was a time, obviously, that predated social media, the internet even. So it was a lot of running around in the streets and around the neighborhood. And, you know, it was uh, it was nice. It was still a little bit of leftover from uh, my parents era of uh, certain historic buildings. And um, it was a good time to be growing up in downtown Toronto. It's certainly different now. I'll say that. And your family, as I understand it, had a, a hundred acre farm. This is the extended family. It was like a project you all had. It was in northeastern Ontario. Tell us about that. That's right. Yeah. So um, we did have a family farm that um, the whole extended family partook in. Uh, so my cousins, aunts, uncles, we spent a lot of time there. So pretty much every other weekend, certainly every major holiday, every school holiday, my grandparents lived there full time for the most part. Sometimes they were in the city. It was an incredible experience. It was great to live between, you know, a truly urban city center, which was Toronto, Canada's biggest city, and have kind of that paradox of going back into the country, into mm. such a rural setting. We had beef cattle, probably anywhere between 40 and 50 had. Uh, we had acres and acres of cornfields and um, lots of huge vegetable gardens uh, chickens, the whole the whole kit, uh, you know, and this was, again, a time where um, these rural spaces were still largely dirt roads. So it was it was definitely nice to have that that experience as a kid. 
So you had the best of both worlds. I guess you could say I did, yeah, in that respect. (laughs) And you were really primed to live in the Catskills. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Coming coming back to my roots, kind of a lot of first full circle moments happening for me coming back up here from New York City. Yeah. You tell me about your stepfather coming from Hungary the year after Woodstock, which would make it 1970. And he was a huge fan of the Woodstock Festival. What was it like for him the first time he came up here to visit you? Yeah, you know, Woodstock, the year after it happened, was obviously, you know, such close proximity to a major city like Toronto or even the Canadian border. Um, it was it was definitely buzzing up there when he found out that, um, you know, and even my mother and my sisters found out that I had bought right down the road from Woodstock. They were definitely excited to come. Not None of them had ever been to the site before. Um, it was definitely a huge part of my childhood growing up watching all of the documentaries. We had a, you know, the poster with the dove, mm. the red poster with the dove and all of the bands lined up um, hanging right above our kitchen uh, table. So every morning we'd be having breakfast and looking at that poster. And of course, I have the wooden uh, plaque of the dove hanging right above my garage um, oh, on Heard Road. So yeah, definitely Definitely huge full circle moment. Very exciting. Something I think I might have manifested very subconsciously because a lot of my um, my teen years and my 20s were spent in Europe and the UK. So definitely didn't anticipate ending up here. But, you know, I always said I wanted to raise my kids in their early years in a rural setting. So uh, this is it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just heard recently that this summer they're going to be doing a lot of the concerts from the actual stage where the stage was, you know, because oh, the wow. concerts yep. they do are in the, the, um, in the amphitheater. Area. Yeah. But this, this summer they're going to do some concerts down there. I, that's I, so exciting. You know, that's one go. of the, that's one of the things that my stepdad wanted to do when he was here. He said, no, I want to go and walk where the stage was. Pull, let, let's pull the, pull the car over. I want to get out and I want to stand there. You know, and of course they have all of those, um, those stone figures set up there that people, people put. Um, yeah. when they come and visit. But yeah, it, it really is, especially, you know, growing up so aware of what Woodstock meant for the culture at the time, the message of one love, you know, peace, love and harmony, even all of the artists who were playing real instruments at the time. And yeah, uh, yeah. they've done a wonderful job in the museum, I think, of really capturing the age, the essence of that era and Woodstock. So I guess I'll stop talking about Woodstock now. I mean, but I we could, could go, go on, on all day. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at 12 years old, you went to boarding school, which I would think would foster independence in a lot of people. And then maybe in other people, it would just they would totally fall apart. But what was your experience? For me, boarding school was amazing. I loved it. It fostered not only independence, but a real kind of awareness of the global community sisterhood because it was just a bunch of girls kind of leaning on each other for anything and everything, emotional, physical, homework, whatever it was, they really fostered that that uh, sense of kind of community in there and really adaptability to grow wherever you're planted. That is a mirror image to what you're doing now with the group that you have we're going to talk about in a, in a few minutes, Sullivan County Mamas, mm-hmm. because that's what you're doing. You're fostering community and you're with these very strong women who 
you know, I guess you all just play off of each other. And yeah, I think that that's really, especially in this season of life that we're in, um, you know, being young moms, raising kids pretty solo most of the time, you know, if we're separated or if our significant other is in, you know, traveling for work or in the city, as is the case with so many moms up here. It really makes that element of community and being able to just have that group of women to call on or rely on when you're in those moments, those really tough moments, really critical. You know, I was thinking about it. You have a two-year-old Yep. And two other kids. Where are they? <laughs> you can't bring a two-year-old to a radio station. So no. you, had to, you had to figure all that out. My husband and I are separated. So we're doing 50-50 parenting. But a lot of talking through logistics with the women in my community. Yeah. Um, how, are, how are we going to make this work? What am I not thinking about? Can I do this, you know, one-hour trip with the kids? Is it going to end in crisis? Living rurally as we are, I don't think that community and um, connection come quite as easily as they do to urban city center moms. Yeah. Speaking of challenges, I know that when you were 14, you were scouted and you were signed to a modeling agency. I was wondering what your thoughts are about the image portrayed in the fashion industry and how you dealt with the demands of that. I was 14 when I was scouted, which means I was approached by an agent. It happened very, very quickly for me. I was scouted in Toronto. And then probably like two months later, I was signed by IMG Models in New York City. And then everything just took off internationally very quickly. I think being scouted at such a young age definitely had its challenges. You know, your body is changing so much through Mm. those years, um, through your teenage years, through your 20s. And striving to fit the standard that is set for you and maintain that kind of waif-like image is definitely difficult. You know, you try everything and anything to keep the work coming in to maintain that because, you know, it has been for so long and, and kind of still is. Your body is the brand. And if your brand changes, then, mm. you know, it becomes much more challenging to market you. I'm never... In- encountered any eating disorders, I definitely had roommates who, you know, anorexia, bulimia, injections of whatever it was to speed up your metabolism, drugs, the the whole kit, everything that you see on TV and hear about. A lot of smoking, so you don't eat. Oh, smoking, booze, you know, late night, everything and anything, you know, crazy diets that are completely void of fat. Yeah, I mean, everything is true, what you hear. And you were just telling me earlier that 10 years ago, they began to try to correct that in a way. But what's happened now? Probably a few years prior to that, I had taken some time off from the industry and I got my body back in order, back on track after those many years of doing runways and editorial and high fashion. And as it turns out, I came out at around a size 12, 14, which is considered plus size and um, but you're very tall so i'm very tall but you know the measurements are ultimately what matters around your hips around your waist all of that can you fit the sample size is is the mo but i was approached by an agent who used to represent me and she told me that there was a trend happening this was 10 years ago with curve models becoming more mainstream curve models showing up in taking space in high fashion on runways and editorial She's so a, curve models as opposed to as opposed stick to straight figure, yeah straight yeah. size they're known as straight size yeah so you know the the typical straight size is size anywhere between size 0 and 4 curve models are pretty much anything 12 and up 
And um, there was a huge trend happening. And this trend was really much more than just the visual. It spoke to mental health. It spoke to the lack of diversity and the eating disorders it was causing. The stats were mind blowing. Mm -hmm. It spoke to missed opportunities as far as companies' profits were concerned. And the fact that the curve industry globally is a multi-billion dollar industry. These were some pretty astounding numbers, I think, that caused provokes people into action. It ultimately was was a great time for the industry. I didn't really find confidence in my body until I approached these women who are curve models. And they were so confident. And it's so ironic because people oftentimes think like, oh, you know, these models who are size two, four, they they know that they're beautiful. And really, like, no, that isn't how it is. There, A lot of them are so insecure in their bodies, constantly striving to maintain something that their body doesn't want. Encountering these curve models opened a whole new perspective on myself, on society. I was a curve model for many years. It's really interesting. And to that, that is exactly why I made a film called Straight Curve Documentary. Just this past New York Fashion Week, there were no curve models excepting maybe two or three on the runways. This is the first time this has happened in a decade, and it's caused a lot of conversation amongst agents, amongst designers, major corporate brands, global runways, the talent. And, you know, further to that, major organizations like the National Eating Disorders Association have spoken on it. It's a conversation about trends and how marketable they are if they become a mainstay. Are curve models worth as much? Is their message worth worth as much if it's a mainstay or should we, you know, kind of quiet it down for a few years and then bring it back as Mm. a new trend? There's many sides to this coin, but it's definitely been an empowering experience to really be working at the forefront and in the midst of all of it. I think this is a good place to take a break and come right back. You're tuned to Catskill Character on Radio Catskill. We'll be right back after a few short messages. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Women's Health Center in Honesdale, Hamlin, Waymart, Carbondale, and Lords Valley in Pennsylvania. Physicians and certified midwives who deliver. The Women's Health Center is a Wayne Memorial Community Health Center. WMH.org. From Rourke Law, Liberty, New York, a general law practice serving the Catskills and Delaware River Valley, with an emphasis on estate planning, estate administration, elder law, and real property matters. RourkeLaw.com. I'm Kathy Geary, Radio Catskills Now and Then, calling all unsigned local musicians. It's the 2023 Tiny Desk Contest. Just submit a video of you playing one song behind a desk of your choice by March 13th. If you win, you'll get to play your very own Tiny Desk Concert and go on tour with NPR Music. Get all the details at wjffradio.org. This is Callison Stratton, host of Liberation Station, a new show that highlights female and femme-presenting musicians with a little sprinkling of history and goings-on in our community. Our debut show airs this Saturday, March 4th at 7 p.m., featuring duets and supergroups to kick off Women's History Month. It's the debut of Liberation Station, Saturday evening at 7, only on Radio Catskill. Listen local.
This is Catskill Character on Radio Catskill. I'm Donna Fellenberg. And if you've just tuned in, I've been speaking with my guest, Jess Lewis, who's been telling me about her life growing up in Toronto, Ontario, going to boarding school at age 12, and being signed to a modeling contract at 14. And we spoke quite a lot about the eating disorders that are really prevalent in that industry. We also spoke about Jess is eventually moving to the Catskills to a home very close to the site of the Woodstock Festival. In the second half of the show, Jess is going to talk about Sullivan County Mamas, a group she formed with two other mothers in Sullivan County in response to the influx of people coming up here to live during COVID who needed connection and information. Here we go. When did you move to Sullivan County, Jess? So I moved up to Sullivan County right at the beginning of COVID. We did one week of, or I shouldn't say one week, it was more than one week. We did the first round of lockdown in the city with the two kids as it was at the time and decided, you know what, this move that we have been discussing happening in the next few years needs to happen now. Mm. Um so, you know, we uh, we made a decision on a house and that was it. We committed. That's yeah. And a lot of people did that. Absolutely. As we know. Uh, you've done other jobs besides modeling. What what are some of those jobs? So I uh, I was a producer for a number of years. I worked on a lot of films, campaigns in the fashion industry, a lot of diversity-driven activism, a lot of organizations I worked with. It was, that was definitely a very fulfilling job. You have done something that's called gardening consulting, which I think is fantastic. Let's, let's tell the listener about that. So when I, when I got up here, we were anticipating a career pivot on my behalf just because I knew that there was no fashion industry up here, probably not a lot of production. And I was kind of looking to get back to my roots a little bit in agriculture from being a young child in Canada. And that fabulous farm. And that farm 50% of the time. So I started doing a few kind of off-the-cuff consults with friends and, you know, just neighbors around me. And um, this is actually going to be my first season as a, my first full season as full as it can get with kids 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, doing garden consults and coaching. So do you do like landscape design or is this for a vegetable garden? These are pretty much for private or kitchen gardens. These are for really, you know, my, my demographic is really people who are coming up here who don't have a background in agriculture at all, um, you know, who have never planted a seed in their life, who don't know how to tell a difference between a weed and a plant. Um, who don't know how to support their plants through drought or, you know, make them grow big and healthy and, uh, uh, fruitful. So that's, that's, uh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm sure I'd love to grow the business, but you know, the reality is, and this is a conversation I've been having with a number of moms up here. um, This is the season of life I'm in. I'm a mom to three really young kids 50% 50% of the time. And when I'm in that 50%, it is very hands-on. There mm. is nothing happening except taking care of the kids. 
So, you know, I'm uh, I'm doing between two and three days a week work now, and the rest of it is kids and uh, Suko Mamas. Yeah, let's let's talk about Suko Mamas, how it started, what you do, how can someone join? Do you have to live in Sullivan County? Just hit all those high points. Yeah, so Sullivan County Mamas was the brainchild of myself and two other moms who are parents of the school that my two older kids go to. And um, we started talking about this really as soon as we connected. So I want to say like maybe in month five of being up here, we were really having a hard time kind of putting some roots down and understanding where the support was for moms, where the points of connection were for moms in our community in Sullivan County. So we decided, you know what, uh, two of us came from social media backgrounds and we said, you know what, let's just use social media. Let's make this a very interactive experience. So we really wanted to lean into stories on Instagram and um, kind of make it so that you're talking face to face to this mom who has just bought a rural property and doesn't know, you know, her closest neighbor is half an acre away or even more and doesn't know how to how to get that support that she needs. When you say talking face to face, are you live Talking with, oh. So we do lives and we also do moderating. So we'll hop on there on stories every day and it can literally, we we keep it very relatable. This isn't, you know, a commercial endeavor for us. It's mm-hmm. basically a nonprofit. But, uh, you know, we'll hop on there and say, I'm exhausted today. I've had the kids for four days straight by myself. My husband is in the city. I've got so much laundry to do. I just need to find some way to come down to to this and you know and this is what I do I take out my rose water and I spray my face or I go outside and take a walk around the house five times or I plop the kids in front of the tv and and you know go and read my book whatever it is we you know we brainstorm um we share ideas about how you can get through what is really a very challenging season for so many women yeah it sounds like you're encouraging women to really wrap their minds around the idea that they have to take care of themselves first. Self-care is huge. If you don't take care of yourself, you are the machine. If you don't take care of the machine, everything breaks down. And people, people have a hard time with that. They think it's being selfish. Well, and, and yes, that, that has been a huge rhetoric that we've been trying to break down that I know, um, you know, for example, my parents' generation was raised with, you know, kids come first, you got to take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. And Oh my God, it results in burnout. And, you know, if you're burnt out, who's there for your kids? Exactly. Um, you got to make time for yourself. It's so important. So, yeah, we do community events that are in person. We talk about other businesses that are hosting and holding space for mamas. So you can feel comfortable to go there with your kids, even if they're screaming and being nuts. You know, just, um, uh, opportunities for mamas to connect in public or, you know, if they're having a, a, a challenging day from their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there's some kind of a, an event going on that would be great for kids, you also make sure that the word gets out about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We post every single day about events that are upcoming, events that are happening. We do follow-ups on events that happened. You know, so so people can really start to understand, even from their own home, how they fit into their community and, you know, who where the common interests are. So is this just for Sullivan County? Uh, absolutely not. We have followers. Um, we have followers who are weekenders up here. And 
you know, want to connect with other parents. We have followers who are in PA. We have followers who are in Ulster. Um, you know, we have followers from all over. Some We have some followers who are even over in um, the UK. Really? So, yeah, I think that it's it's kind of a newer concept to especially for moms who are living rurally again, who can't just go to a park and find other mothers there. It's kind of a new concept to use social media to connect and um, find support. And uh, one of my former Catskill characters, Kia Williams, is now in Ghana, but she's still working with you. She is one of the three founders of Sullivan County Mamas. Is she going to be talking about mamas in Ghana? So, um, yeah, Kia is one of our moderators. Um, she went over to Ghana. I think it's been almost three weeks now. She is going to be moderating every Wednesday, every other week until she's back from Ghana. And she is talking everything, you know, homeschool, uh, international travel with kids, every, everything that you could, you know, different the foods, what it's like being a mom there, um, mm. you know, the enrichment opportunities beyond homeschooling everything. It's pretty great. That is so fantastic. So you have someone right there on the ground telling you, oh, wow. Yes. We're so lucky. We're so lucky like that. Um, Yeah. To have Kia. And what's going on recently with Suko? Um, So recently we just launched a run club, which happens every other week um, over by Tustin Mountain Trail. Um, Again, that's, uh, that's something that kids and babies running strollers is an opportunity to, you know, create community and connect um, more, more importantly. And we also have a mummy play date that happens in Berryville at the Berryville General. That happens every week at Thursday. They have a dedicated room to mums and their littles. There are toys there. Zuko Mamas gets a 15% discount on everything in the store. Yeah, so it's really, I think it's really exciting that uh, there are these businesses that are so eager to create dedicated time and space to moms and their kids. So you're really supporting each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it can be a little bit challenging sometimes for moms to even, you know, approach the prospect of taking their kids out somewhere. What if they're crying? What if they have a fit? What Mm -hmm. if, you know all of these what ifs. And then, you know, a lot of the times they're just like, forget it, I'll just stay home. You know, I think that it's very comforting to know that, listen, these businesses expect that all of that is going to happen. They expect that there's going to be diaper changes. They like, and they're fine with it. They embrace it and they encourage, they want that, that to be there. That's fantastic, Jess. Thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate everything that you talked about. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Catskill Character. My guest today is Jess Lewis. And you can find everything you need to know about Sullivan County Mamas on Instagram at their site at Sullivan County Mamas. If you'd like to check out the film that Jess produced called Straight Curve Documentary, go to straightcurvefilm.com. Catskill Character is on every Saturday at 11.30 right here on Radio Catskill, except for the last Saturday of the month when Greg Triggs brings us Travels with Triggs. Keep tuning in for more exciting conversations with wonderful characters of the Catskills and beyond. 
I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg. I hope you have a wonderful week. Tune in next week. Peace. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Garnet Health Medical Center, Catskills. Garnet Health, going above and beyond to elevate care every day for every person. Learn more at garnethealth.org. Exceptional lives here. And from the Cooperage Project in Honesdale, dedicated to building community through performance, learning, markets, and good times. Thecooperageproject.org. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Hey, it's Francis Lamb, host of The Splendid Table. This week, we've got a show for you that's worth all the tea in China and India. It's a tasting and lesson in all the major styles of Chinese tea, and then the surprising, revolutionary history of India's masala chai on The Splendid Table. Sunday morning at 11 on Radio Catskill. On the next Selected Shorts, we celebrate the centennial of the incomparable author Kurt Vonnegut. Laugh Out Loud Dystopias, that's right, I said Laugh Out Loud Dystopias and I'm sticking with it, and uplifting tales of high school provide very different sides of a modern master. I'm Meg Wallitzer. Join us. Sunday night at 7 on Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. You're listening to Radio Catskill, your NPR station for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania.